0: I say it's time to experience the joy of the moon. We can jump super high and we've magically lost a lot of weight.
1: Plus our bullets go a lot farther and popping people's air helmets is fun. Except
2: that Claptrap doesn't have an air helmet, so we can never shut him up.
1: Eh. Now a podcast so grand. Whoa. So magnificent and so vast, it spans from the way back wind right up through yesteryear. No, no way!
0: way! Yes way! But it
1: starts with Phil.
0: How do you choose the best equipment? And Mike. The one that looks the best, dude! <sighs> Phil, Mike, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report in video game history tomorrow, I have no choice but
1: to flunk the boat of you. Two epic airheads. Mike, we are in danger of flunking most hateously tomorrow. One time-traveling telephone booth. Uh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. I'm here to help you with your history report. Who knew the history of video games could be such an excellent adventure? Yo, dude, I have Experience Bar. How do I get experienced? It's like when you learn stuff for a long time, you know? Oh, oh, look, Mike. Okay, let's check it out. Hey, who is this old dude? It's
2: dangerous to go alone.
1: Take this. (laughs) Hey, excuse me, old dude. Do you know if there is any bogus bosses of historic significance here? How's it going, ugly pixelated dude? These are your host, Philip Willis. Those are some hot magic slingin' babes. And Mike Minky. The gaming report, not a babe report. And all kinds of games from RPG Backtrack.
0: If you guys are really us, what game are we thinking of? Shining Force, Force dude.
1: dude Dudes! This is Phil and Mike's excellent RPG Backtrack. Welcome to another RPG back Check. This is number 174, Watch Out for Claptrap. I am one of two hosts. My name is Phil Willis. Number two is Mr. Mike Mikey. Hello, hello, hello.
0: And no, Phil has not played the game that we're talking about tonight, even though he likes this series just because he's just that busy, aren't you, Phil?
1: I'm a very, very busy person. Super, super busy. There has bird. Yeah, and the bird's very busy in the background. But... But we have another person on the show who's on here, so I can hardly call him, I guess. He's kind of like host number three. It is the one, the only Scott Lockmater. I I think host number three
2: is something I opt into and out of every third year, I think. Like, I think it's it's on a three-year cycle. I think 17 is a down cycle year. We'll see about 18.
1: There you go. Um... We're happy to have you on the show because we know that you, along with Mr. Mikey, can talk intelligently about Borderlands, the pre sequel, and all of its glorious DLC.
0: Yeah, there's pretty much one piece of DLC that we'll be talking about a lot. The other pieces don't take that long.
1: Lots also of pieces.
0: Sights. Glorious. Oh, the, the Hollow Dome was um, something. It was sights.
1: Sure. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll go with that. And have 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 any of y'all played the Borderlands Telltale series?
0: I
2: am two episodes in. I actually did play that last summer.
1: Oh, okay, so I think we should we should throw that in. We, we, we can
2: we, we can delve into that briefly yeah. because we're not going to have much in the way of uh, you know Holodome. <laughs> or let's see that uh, that secret arena that
0: you can go into where the angry drill sergeant keeps telling you that you suck Well, you do which is yeah it's true but aside from him telling you that you suck there's not much else interesting about it
1: and and if we have enough time to do a blast from the recent past section i'm super excited to talk about hyper devotion noir goddess black heart
2: i don't i can't see i don't want to know and I also don't think I can know. because I, I learned what the Xbox versus Zombies one was, and I needed bourbon therapy, which is a special form of therapy that involves also a bottle, bottle of bourbon. Phil, like for, have you been a, hanging asked out your with... your insurer for bourbon therapy.
0: I'm just going to ask, Phil, if you've been hanging around Michael Apps too much so that his uh, numbed submission into vague appreciation of the hyper devotion series has rubbed off onto you
1: you know it's funny you should mention his name he was the very one who talked me into getting it and convinced me that was truly a masterpiece you don't listen
2: you don't listen you don't go with the app store
1: <laughs> the app store <laughs> uh, okay maybe we'll talk about persona q instead we'll see if we have time. Uh, so, yeah, we have that. We have your comments. We have lots of comments on the last show. And so much more in tonight's episode of the RPG Backtrack. And we'll pick it right up after these commercial messages. All right. I'm getting a beer. That's a good idea.
2: Yeah.
1: We are back with the main event where we dive into a game or series of games and we go through all kinds of details and juicy plot bits and spoilers and all kinds of stuff because that's what we do here at the RPG Backtrack. Today's game is a Borderlands, the pre-sequel. This was developed by Gearbox Software, 2K Australia over there, published by 2K Games. This was released in North America on October 14th, 2014. This is an FPS RPG, single-player, online, cooperative experience for Microsoft Windows, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. Take it away. Wow.
0: I I noticed that you mentioned 2K Australia as a developer. Did you ever get the sense that it could have been made in Australia, Scott?
2: Um we'll just call them Bruce so no one's confused. Works for yes. me. All right. So where do we start with this?
0: Uh well, it's the setup is after the second game you you're well, watching after, Athena after
2: the DLC of the second game. Oh yeah. Athena is one of the people you missed out on shooting. One of the annoying shield goons from General Knox's DLC. Uh, You missed her. Never showed up in the second game in any other way. Uh, You you missed out on shooting her, I guess. And uh, so she has been captured by the crew from Borderlands 1 and is telling the story of Handsome Jack and what the devil happened to get him in charge and why Hyperion runs Pandora at the beginning of 2. And we flash back to Handsome Jack, mid-level office manager for Hyperion, trying to figure out something about a vault after Knox's army collapsed, and with the help of a of Nisha, Claptrack, Wilhelm, one of Jack's body doubles, and Hammerlock's sister, um, you know, successfully. Lady Hammerlock. Yeah. Yes, Lady Hammerlock. No, Baroness Hammerlock. Oh. Which I'm like, that's not how titles work, but we'll roll with it. We we um we discover the, a bunch of things from two came to be, how Jack came to be in charge, and how, you know, a vault was opened and it was full of monster as they tend to be. Very and true. we lo- and we get, the alert, we get the origin story of at least two boss fights from the second game. Because we needed that. Oh, well, we definitely I, did.
0: I, how else was I going to understand the complex motivations of Wilhelm?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? Like, Okay, so this has the prequel problem of everything is a foregone conclusion. Just in spades. Like, absolutely to the nth degree of, Oh, look, it's that thing! Here's how that came to happen, not that you ever cared. For the most part, I think the origin story of uh the uh fabricator enemy from 2. I'm discovering that small little tiny AI tragedy. Like that there's some genuine pathos in that. And I and think
0: Jack overriding her desire to be, you know, not immediately turned into a slaughter device with
2: no will. Yeah, like, to to be robbed of Will and made to murder is... There's a lot of pathos in that. And because this isn't 2K proper, Jack just sort of says, sorry, no time, gotta do it. That's not Handsome Jack. Handsome Jack would make a terrible joke about that. And this isn't necessarily like, oh, we're showing Handsome Jack as a sympathetic person. No, he he's still a bastard. He just... There's no vainglory. There's no pride. There's there's no persona to it, and that that's that's the real crime of this game is that it's not funny,
0: except in a size. I mean, there are moments throughout that are amusing, but the grand the grand tale it tells is not that amusing.
2: Like there's there's no character based humor other than um, Sparks, who is you know just. You know, this this moon scavenger who has crazy, who has suffering from oxygen deprivation and isolation and has no filter. And that's a little amusing, especially when she starts to hit on Athena, which only happens if, the, if you're playing with Athena in the group. So you can go through an entire playthrough of the game without those jokes. That's frustrating.
0: Yeah, and I started with Athena, but I wasn't part of a group, so I guess I missed it.
2: Yeah, like there there's a lot of like there's like I a lot of the humor is sort of buried under under the fact that it's specific to you know the Jack double or just like tiny little instances that sort of demand that you have four people playing the game and waiting to listen to everything. <laughs> Which is impossible to do in this game with four people, because you just want to you just want to check the boxes, get your guns, and uh, you know move along. You, you, yeah, you you get into you get into the loop, right? You check the boxes, you grab your loot, you cycle it out, you do more, you check more boxes, and that's still reasonably compelling in this game. That the the checking boxes and looting stuff is is fun to run around with, and I think and a lot of the new enemies I kind of liked. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so Kragans I cannot stand. The, 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 yeah,
0: the things that pop out of the lava on the moon surface and
2: yeah. So so these things are they're they're they're, they're moon skags, Except every time you shoot one, it splits into two tiny ones, and there's like yeah, and then you have to shoot them, and they're they, they come basically in they, they they go to like twelve levels deep. So you'll be shooting some sort of badass super kragen and it'll split into two super kragans which will then split into two other things and it goes all the way down to baby again so like the bigger they are you're not even intimidated by them you just resent the chore of shooting them i did like running them over though oh yeah like it it, like um not that i like the vehicles in this game but uh yeah. Well the moon buggy uh, the the yeah. hoverbike is okay, but it's more of the game is dependent on you jumping over canyons than is strictly allowable given it how frustrating the controls for everything is. Yeah, you
0: you really need to pay close attention if you're going to jump some of those gaps and that's not all that much. Yeah. Um, it is kind of fun to use that thing for whatever its ground pound maneuver is, but that does get old after a while
2: yeah well, everyone gets a ground pound maneuver you you have you're on the moon, which has no air, which means you have an oxygen oxygen supply, which you can fuel uh double jumps with and then while and while double jumping or hovering, you can reverse that and fire yourself down to the ground and do damage to guys in a radius. Which gives you this delayed melee action that can be kind of fun, and the game sort of leaned into the floaty controls of the last Borderlands by just having you float, <laughs> you float, you bounce, you drift. You're on it's, the moon? Uh, yeah, why not have floatier controls? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just this loose, bouncy sort of game where you you drift around lazily taking shots at other guys drifting around. It's drastically different from any other shooter experience I think. Except maybe yeah no nothing else like there's part of me that wants to compare it to like Tribes or Titanfall 2 but it's it's like Tribes is really specific about going fast and Titanfall 2 has this great ability to chain, to chain together wall runs and bouncing on the ground in its own thing.
0: And I can't speak to either because I haven't played them.
2: You, God damn it. You've had like decades to play tribes. Why haven't you played tribes yet? Um, there's
0: this really good reason and I'll remember it. I'm sure by the end of the show, right after we stop
2: recording, that'll be when I remember it. Uh, attention people. Tribes was important. <laughs> Stingray. That, that's
0: it. That, that has its own ground pound maneuver.
2: Yeah. Uh, the other thing I should mention and, um, You know, as much as, you know, I do complain about this game not being funny, uh, the whole thing is told is you know, the whole thing does have a frame narrative of Athena telling the story, which means that in your first playthrough, uh, Mordecai and uh, Lilith Lilith ask uh, Athena questions about what's going on, and that provides some banter. And occasionally Mordecai is funny. New Game Plus, uh, Mordecai and Lilith wander off. And Athena has to tell the story again, but harder and slightly different tiny to Tina. <laughs> to Tiny Tina and brick. And that is delightful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Like I, I don't endorse New game plus often or ever, really. But this is pretty much pretty close because it's it's more Tiny Tina and brick as the peanut gallery to this story of shooting dudes and taking their stuff. And Athena has to keep it entertaining for them, which is a challenge for her. Yeah, I mean, Tiny Tina has no attention span. And she'll tell you if you're losing her. Yeah. You don't don't want to do that. She's got no filter. She's got no filter and an explosives expertise. All right, so um, the other thing I I do want to say that
0: some of the side missions were silly enough that I liked them. Uh, Let's see, the one where you have to crash... With a flaming basketball through the hoop on the moon. That was stupid, but it was funny to me. Yeah,
2: that that, that was stupid. Uh, you have to be, you have to like make and do inspirational and place inspirational posters around a bandit camp.
0: Yeah, that was a pain because a couple of them are just really hard to reach.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, it's a scavenger hunt, and they're a pain to reach, but it's something. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other. There, there's a few good ones. Isn't there
0: one that's a total Ghostbusters reference, if only I had four people total? Because there's yeah. this new, what is it, the laser or the type weapon that yeah. looks remarkably oh. like a proton pack. But of course I didn't get all of that because, uh, yeah, I was playing alone and you need three other people in order to get the proper Ghostbusters going.
2: Yeah, and I, I guess that's the other thing. Uh, we have lasers now, but uh, they're lame because they don't explode i'm fully on board with mr torg on this lasers aren't cool
0: yes there's one mission where you have the choice of either blowing up that laser or delivering it to Janie, and mr torg is extremely emphatic that you need to blow it up because well that's the only way you can get it to explode
2: yeah and yeah that's the other thing mr torg is back as a quest quest giver and that's nice
0: and let's see... Uh, the other yeah, thing there, is there you some, have cryo... Probably some story about Marcus never wanting la- lasers to be on Pandora itself that I would have been interesting to actually hear, but whatever. I'm sure we'll yeah. get it someday.
2: It'll happen someday. Uh, we also have new cryo guns, which freeze guys, and then you can slap them and they break. Um, the other big thing is that because everyone has oxygen bubbles, you can... Headshot guys, and then walk away because they'll slowly just die of of asphyxiation. asphyxiation so so every so every organic enemy is subject to uh damage over time effect, no matter what gun you have, which is nice uh there's also a um, New thing, which I think is great, which is that there's 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 a gun grinder. Um, this is sort of like other mechanics from third-person looters where you feed three items of the same level into the device and it farts out a one-level-higher version of it. So it's, it, it's a new facet to the loot chain, and it's great that you, you know, even at level whatever you still have a reason to grab, like, greens and oranges. Aside from uh, the, just turning them into money. Well, I mean, money becomes meaningless pretty fast, too. Yeah. And let's see here. So then we have our character, our, our six character types. Um, these ones are... Ah, it's a mixed bag, I think, because Athena and Nisha are really great and unique to the franchise, because uh, Athena is has a shield that she can... Throw up uh, to absorb damage and then it you throw it at dudes to redistribute that damage uh, Captain Shmamerica style and that that there's some fun um, there's some fun perks to that that really make it really fun to use Nisha has a high noon ability where she slows down well she ups her speed by a cajillion ups her gun damage by a cajillion and it auto aims for her so you just burn through all your ammo super fast and everything falls over. Um, I actually
0: played most with Claptrap just because, you know, I get to hear Claptrap all the time.
2: Uh, Claptrap has funny dialogue and his power is that he will randomly use one of the other characters' power from the entire franchise. Or a few of his own that are just... Bizarre! Oh, well, some of them are taken from boss fights too. I don't remember any boss that turned
0: into the rubber duck that bounces, that bullets bounce off of. But maybe I'm just forgetting something.
2: That one is new. Uh, I think the the one boss one I'm thinking of is Captain Scarlet, where he has a he turns into a pirate boat for some reason. Yes, he does do that, yeah. and he turns into a disco ball for one of them. Yeah,
0: but it is completely random which one he turns into, so, and I gather he's built mostly around helping out a group, so if you're doing him solo, it's gonna be interesting.
2: Yeah, uh, some of these, and theoretically, it's based on what the situation is, but yeah, it, it's, it's mostly just guesswork. Sometimes you get lucky.
0: Oh, yeah, he turns into, let's see, who was the, yeah, the Gunzerker in Borderlands 2, I can't remember his name right now, but he does that. He just starts firing uncontrollably for a while, which
2: might be helpful. I mean some sometimes you just you just if if you get fun zerker, you just walk into the middle of the guys and hope you contributed. <laughs> like that that's claptrap is you're you're fourth player in a team and you're just like, I'm just gonna push the button and hope it contributes. And sometimes it will. Sometimes. But really, it's it's more about the
0: experience of being able to play Claptrap than expecting him to dominate everything, because he's Claptrap. He won't.
2: Uh, uh, yeah. And, okay, so the next one was uh, Wilhelm, who is the commando for the game. He has commando powers. If you've played Axton or the other guy, or Roland, you kind of know what to get. Except he gets two things off the bat, and then you have to choose which one matters. Do you want something to shoot guns at other guys? Or do you want defensive boss buffs? And then your two DLC characters are Jack doppelganger. Presumably the one you kill in that long series of quests in two. And he summons extra dudes to help. So extra dudes. And then you have the Baroness who in a di- who is the game sniper. But because she's rich... She starts at level zero with a kajillion credits and a purple drop sniper rifle. I'm actually
0: tempted to try her now. Yeah. I got so annoyed at her constantly being on the load screens.
2: Here is the Baroness, available for download now. That It kind of rubbed me raw. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously them selling you stuff on load screens is annoying, but it's like, hey... This game didn't have a sniper. Here's a sniper, and by the way, we're gonna make up for the fact that you might be soloing as a sniper by giving you a pile of money.
0: Does she have any interesting dialogue? I haven't tried her. Uh,
2: like it? It's nothing. Like it? It's not any better than anyone else's. I mean, there is unique dialogue with that's fully voiced, but it doesn't seem to. Uh, I think I think most of it's clustered around any quests involving Hammerlock, so I didn't necessarily see all of those.
0: Yeah, there's a couple where he asks you. Let's see, you were moving, you were shipping something to Pandora that eventually turned into those damn, those damn tentacly things that crawl around underground and get annoying. Yeah. Certain areas, and of course Hammer, well, Hammerlock is responsible for putting those on the planet, so we can thank him so much for that. Uh, yeah, he was in a couple others, but I can't remember them right now. And you mentioned the grinder, that made me remember an in- incredibly annoying mission. Remember the one where you had to just gather guns for some resistance movement?
2: Oh yeah, that, that sure, where like, oh yeah, we're the resistance, feed us guns, they have to be good. Also, we're going to clog your inventory if you don't. And every ten, and
0: even if you do find a pile of them at once, you can only do ten at once because then something will come along that, to interrupt you. Hooray! Yeah. But they did use the guns at the end. Ha ha ha! They made modern art. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr.
2: Torg. Well, you do get to see more of the Imperians near the end of this. Yeah, you do. You get to see the crazy aliens. What built the vaults, or closed the vaults, or whatever they done. Um Still no actual answers, but, yeah. It's interesting. It's something. Um, Sorry, it's just And your your major
0: antagonist is Zarpadon, whom Jack does rip on for her name constantly, deservedly, I would say.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, Colonel Zarpadon of General Knox's army is trying to hold this together, and, yeah.
0: And let's see, Moxie is in this. Ah, yes! And you get to see Moxie's secret, which apparently we are never to reveal to anyone on Pandora.
2: Which is that uh, she does occasionally not wear makeup and speaks with her actual Hick accent. And does mechanic work. And and is as mechanically inclined as her children. Uh, We also get, um, because Dr. Dr. Ned is not around, so we get Nurse Nina instead. Who, who apparently
0: came straight out of the soviet union who who is from Soviet
2: Union somehow well medicines where you heal medicines, I don't know, yeah, I guess something like that, though
0: she does have that amusing mission where you have to extend her her good vibes to several guys, and when of course they do bad things, you get to kill them, yeah, uh nurse Nina. Yeah, you never actually see Marcus in this game. You just use his vending machines.
2: Yeah, there there's no. Yeah, and that's it. Like there's there's not a lot of animated cutscenes. Like you can kind of tell this was pushed out quick and on the cheap to fill out a release calendar for 2K using a lot of the same engine and mostly the same assets as the last Borderlands.
0: What, the, what are those damn enemies called that float around on the moon, and they usually spawn the, the racks or whatever the flying things are? Oh, those
2: those tentacle jellyfish things that shoot lightning and junk? Yeah. Yeah, those. Bugger they're those like, as well.
0: I'll give the game this. They were like nothing in the previous games.
2: Yeah, but they're also annoying. And oh, I yeah. appreciate this. This is Space Australia so everything has to be annoying frustrating and un- unreasonably deadly for the rest of the planet but god like just just getting across the moon is a chore yeah yeah
0: yeah and this has such a
2: weird structure it
0: it seems to be going into the climax and then the climax lasts what
2: 5 hours yeah like like this, the the pacing on it is so weird where you have this extended sequence of faffing around the same sort of chunk of the moon or two chunks of the moon. And then you uh, and and then you get like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna de- we're gonna take her down and we're gonna crack the vault and it just keeps going. You think at first,
0: oh, we're they've been blasting the laser onto the moon for a while now. I'm gonna take everything out, Zarphan's gonna go down, it's gonna be over. Nope, back to the moon after you've gone through the whole damn space station.
2: Like, you clear out the space station, you stop the laser, and then you're like, okay, showdown with her, that's going to be it. And then it's like, no, more run around the moon, showdown with her. And then unlocking the vault, which is a whole long thing. And then the vault, which is a whole long thing. And then you and get then-
0: to the real final boss, which is freaky ass empyrean Guardian or whatever it was.
2: yeah, you, you get a, you, you get a face monster and then and then you finally finally get to the end and, and you get what makes a good Man by the Heavy, which is a rad song, really good song I think it was in Luke Cage too, right hope, I'm not hallucinating that that song was in Luke Cage, right? Don't think so. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of something else.
0: You are getting to be rem- need to remember that song, though, which was cool. It's a good song, which you also get to hear at the end of the the certain piece of DLC. But we shouldn't talk about that quite yet. All right. Um, all right. Purian Sentinel. I'm looking over all the achievements that I got. Oh, of course, Excalibastard. The gun in the stone. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh. It. Act- I actually did not know how to double jump for a long time. Don't ask me why.
2: I just didn't. So like that- I. Like the, the game coaches you on it, but the way it coaches you on it is not helpful. Like it, It's not a thing where you are required to learn how to... You're, you're not required to demonstrate your skill to proceed, basically, ever. Because anything where they're like, we want you to jump to a thing that's far away, they give you a jump pad. Which Mordecai insists are super cool, and he wishes he got to ride jump pads more. Well,
0: they are kind of cool, because otherwise getting around the damn moon would take even longer. <sighs> Although, oh, that part of Helios where the freaking jump pads were everywhere, and there was tons and tons of empty ground underneath you, that was a pain.
2: Yeah, it's just like, what, why you do? And yeah, I remember them.
0: somebody telling me that double jumping was there, and then okay, it's there. What am I supposed to do with it? Absolutely nothing, and that probably cost me a lot of respawns because I managed to fall down a pit unnecessarily. <laughs> but oh well.
2: Yeah. Live and don't learn. Something like that. Um, that's kind of it, though, right? Like you, you see, there's
0: Janie. There. Oh yes, the Marith, who is absolutely nothing except for his stupid name.
2: Yeah, like that's it. Like they had one joke for this guy, which he thinks that mariff is an acceptable job title because he is mayor and sheriff and well, that's it
0: and then you have to hunt around his small area for a bit until you find three voice recordings which yeah. I remember that being slightly harder than it needed to be
2: yeah there's well... just there's just a lot of fiddliness to this
0: let's see yeah we mentioned definitely how this is space australia and you, well, they, hear- they even got
2: they got Bruce Spence. They got Bruce Spence. You know, you know, good good old gyro captain from Mad Max Two to play a gyro captain in this game. Except he's from New Zealand. What was he doing getting work in Australia? Mm, his agent was trying too hard. Yeah, I guess. But um, but I, I mean, here, here's, here's the deal. This game came out, they finished their DLC, and then 2K Australia was shut down. You know, just saying.
0: Well, I don't think that was deserved, because you consider
2: what 2K Australia had to work with, it honestly turned out okay for what what went in. I think it has to do with just Gearbox and 2K not knowing how to run anything. And just, just deciding that they had to cut Australia to save money.
0: Which is a damn shame.
2: Yeah. Alright, so the the DLC, we have all the characters. Um. You know, more bonus, new game, plus-plus modes, and...
0: Well, let's see, we've got that wonderful Holodome. So,
2: Holodome... Holodome is much like all the other d- DLC arena... The, or all the... Each game has arena DLC, and it's always terrible. So, this is it. So, this is this game's one, where... um. The setup is that uh and Gage would also like to hear the story, but faster and more intense. So Athena tells the story by just throwing all the fights into the same place in a row, which is basically an excuse to do a boss rush from this game.
0: Except it's not even that. Mostly yeah. you're just fighting a bunch of Iridians and uh the space marines or whatever their
2: name was yeah those guys you you just it you're you're in a box you shoot things till the box opens again
0: and then you go through it over and over and let's see i think there are 6 total rounds yeah <laughs> including of course the badass round yeah and there is a ridiculous achievement for completing the badass round without going into fight for your life which i got just because i came back and did it after going through New Game Plus for a while, on regular game. Otherwise, you've got no freaking hope.
2: Yeah. Uh, so the other one, which is kind of cool, but sort of frustrating to get, because I, uh, I think it came out so late, like, it was part of... It, it basically launched the same day as the Handsome Collection, I think, which is why I sort of ignored it at the time. But it is, uh, you, you go inside Claptrap's brain, and it's Tron. You know, With a Claptrap you got, twist. You, you gotta have... You, you, for some reason, going inside the computer in video games in 2015 was a thing, and it was always Tron. I did a lot of Tron in uh, Saints Row. I'd rather it be Tron than Lawnmower Man. Well, I mean... You know what? Lawnmower Man is fine. Deserves exactly as much love as Tron gets. I don't know why Tron is more popular. Disney? No, because Disney doesn't feed anything into it either, other than Kingdom Hearts Two. <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you, you go inside Claptrap's head, and you have to fight Claptrap's evil side, Persona Four style, Shadow Trap. Shadow Trap. Yes, yeah, see, it's even Shadow Trap. It's totally Persona Four. <laughs> This is pers- and yeah. As you go through his head, you discover what the source of all of his personality issues, Persona Four style, and then uh, you, you 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 shoot his evil side, and then he gets dropped on in in the ice level of Per of uh, Borderlands Two.
0: After all other clap
2: traps have been destroyed, <laughs> yeah, he destroys all the other traps, and that's it.
0: But I did like some of the missions in the Claptraps Paradise or whatever the heck it's called. That freaking Earworm one is, you know what? That is a damn Earworm. It's so good. (laughs) I have a query for your mainframe. I like the size of your mainframe. Yep, that damn thing. It'll get in your head. And And in getting rid of it, you are forced to eliminate almost all of... Claptrap's amazing musical collection until he is left with nothing but uh, what was it? Dubstep. Yeah. And yeah. I, I liked the acknowledgement of the first game's DLC. Ah, yes the the Robolution. We this is something that Claptrap has repressed for a long time. Yeah. Or that lovely mission where you're going through at. And slowly uncovering what really happened. Instead of that lovely ditty that the entire town is singing, "Such a lovely robot, such a tip-top bloke. If it weren't for claptrap, life would be a joke." Another catchy one. Yeah,
2: uh, and
0: and yes, of course, claptrap did something horrible. So there's a reason he's repressing that memory. Yeah,
2: <coughs> and that was it because uh, they kind of cut the they cut a few things. Short, because of just poor performance, so they cancelled um what I guess would have been something like system Shock, where it is a cruise ship full of zombies like that that, that that was the last one it was it was a cruise ship full of zombies. Maybe they'll sneak it into uh Borderlands three or something somehow, yeah,
0: that doesn't sound like good business to just completely toss something that was that far along.
2: But what do I know? Well I mean there's a certain point where you just gotta cut it. And I get that I don't I don't think DLC for this game sold all that well even with the prospect of a port to eighth gen with the handsome collections. So 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 just run it and go. I think I think that's everyone, right? That's that's everyone uh, Well apparently that little
0: side arena where the sergeant is shouting at you is DLC, and it's even more lackluster than the holodome, which is saying something. God, why do they keep doing arena DLC? It's, I don't know. Clearly somebody just decided, let's do the easiest thing we can possibly do that we can churn out really fast. Which, you can tell, that was churned out pretty fast. Might have taken a whole week to get that done. Three guys spent a whole week working on that. Yeah, you can tell they, the writing for that sergeant might must have taken them at least thirty minutes.
2: Yeah. So Still, it's not a
0: bad it, game. It's it's just lackluster by Borderlands standards.
2: It, it, if you somehow have the the big box of everything, Nish, Nishin, playing as Nishin Athena is pretty cool.
0: And if you've got a group, then you know I enjoyed playing as Claptrap just because it's Claptrap. But if you're if you're in there for a deep game, claptrap is, is pretty damn
2: random. Yeah, like that—that's too unpredictable to be satisfying. Like even in group play, like I I just playing this game, I re- I I rely so much on knowing exactly what's going to happen when I hit that button that I can't imagine just hitting the button hoping. And that's all about what you're getting with claptrap.
0: So, yeah, if you feel like trusting in luck, Claptrap is for you. And I wouldn't do it again, certainly. Yeah, Once was enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... But there's a
1: couple new mechanics that are pretty neat. So, what about, what about, what about, what about, what about, what? So, it's not like, you, like you said, it's a little bit lackless, a little disappointing. What about, what about, what about Tales of the Borderland? Huh? By Telltale Games. Ha ha ha. What about that one? Released on Windows. Um, November 25th, so, 2014. So, so Tales
2: of the Borderlands is this weird fusion of 2K people and the people at uh, Telltale that weren't working on the four other games they were putting out that year. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, I, I wonder what would have happened if they'd not made this game and actually generated a second generation of the Telltale tool. An engine that is twelve years old now, but uh, it's it is once again the story of Handsome Jack. Except this time, uh, it is he is possessing a a mid level worker at Hyperion in the wake of Borderlands Two, who is on the trail of a vault, and it's a Telltale game. So you talk to people and make choices and walk around and um. The the gimmick on this one is, I guess, you bounce between two characters. You have Office Drone at Hyperion looking for a big break, and Con Artist on Pandora looking for a big score. And you bump into all the cool people from Borderlands, and also Zero.
0: (laughs) To be fair, it doesn't say much. Yeah, but that still doesn't mean he's
2: ever going to be cool.
0: No, it doesn't. And let's see, you haven't gotten into Episode 4, which has... A rather amusing finger pistol fight match,
2: but like the last episode of uh, Spaced. Kind of, yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, of course, it's complete with tons and tons of quick time events, which everyone loves. But uh, that's what you get with the Telltale games. I gather this is the only you, Telltale game I've experienced.
2: So, so yeah you you hit at, you, you hit Square to talk to people and you do quick time events. I'm actually starting to resent having to walk in Telltale games, I'm going to be honest with you. But um, well, when you
0: do it, it's so damn
2: slow. Well, okay, it, you walk at a reasonable pace for a human being, but it's always like you have to find the thing that you plug into the other thing to make it go. Just And it's always in the same room, there's no puzzle solving, Right. Like, the core game is these quick time events and these dialogue decisions, and that's it. So the idea of giving me control to walk around for no reason, or in the case of Tales from the Borderlands, to turn on my funky cyborg eye to read amusing descriptions of things, I'm not feeling it. Like, uh, if you ever play more Telltale games, there's a sequence in Game of Thrones, in one of the first or second episode where uh, a cutscene will drop you off in a hallway and you have to, and the only thing you can do is walk to the end of the hallway to start a quick time event fight. That's it. That's it. You just have to walk so to the end of the hallway. You can't interact with anything. You can't observe anything. You can't learn more about the world. It is just, you finish a dialogue sequence, you're dumped at the end of the hallway, and then you have to push forward to get to the next bit of game And I'm sitting there walking, and I'm sitting there walking through all this, resenting Telltale for making me walk to more game. That's a waste. That's a complete waste. Like, like, again, like, you know, I don't have a problem with walking simulators as games, but this is a talking simulator. Let me talk.
0: I do enjoy Patrick Warburton doing some voice acting.
2: Oh, yeah, it it does have Patrick Warburton. Um, Does it have anyone else cool?
0: I can't remember right now. I'd have to look, probably.
2: I'm looking up now. This is going to be compelling goddamn radio. Using Wikipedia in real time! (laughs) Uh, I mean, uh, Athena's in it, and that's great.
0: Let's see. Janie is in it. Scooter is in it.
2: Uh, Troy Baker and Laura Bailey may play your main characters, which means you've just got straight up good voice, video game voice actors. You've got Chris Hardwick, Hardwick, the talking dead guy, as uh, Reese's loser sidekick. Uh, oh, you've you've got Aaron Yvette, who is of course, of course, good old um, God. Walking Dead. She's in Walking Dead. Damn it, she's she's Molly in the Walking Dead. That's it.
0: Bill, do you watch Walking Dead?
2: The the, the, the Telltale Walking Dead games. You know, okay. The yeah. the good version of the Walking Dead. Sorry for making anyone <laughs> think of the TV show.
0: The Nolan North is in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like I should know more than voice actors, but I'm not ringing any bells at the moment. A
2: lot of them are just guys that have been bouncing around video games in secondary roles for a while. a while.
0: And then I noticed that Claptrap is in it, but apparently you have to have a certain amount of money by near the end of the game in order to get him, and I didn't have that amount of money, so no, he was not on my team at the end.
2: Oh, wow. So- Yes, you have it's to hire
0: Claptrap in order to join you at the end of the Telltale games.
2: Merlins, <sighs> I can see how you'd be frustrated by that
0: because now I have to figure out where the hell did I miss money in the game that I could have been easily taking in, and I can't think of anything. So I would need to be plugged into a fac all the damn time, which is no fun. Yeah, I and kind of I enjoyed mean, it as a change of pace, though, just because I this is my the only Telltale game I've played, so the style was unique to start, until I get sick of all the damn QTEs.
2: Yeah, and this one... I mean, other ones have fewer QTEs. Like, if you you go into Wolf Among Us, it's mostly just poking around places and talking to people. But uh, Tales from the Borderlands brings back, um, I think, most of the writing staff from Borderlands 2. Uh, And you've you've got a loader bot sidekick who just dispenses great one-liners. You know, war does not compute... What is it good for?
0: And Loaderbot will come back near the end, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. But of course, since it's so story-centric, there's really not much we can say without you experiencing it for yourself.
2: Yeah, just just go poke around with it. I'm probably going to try to finish it in the next month and just enjoy my time.
1: There we go. And another
2: reason for me not to
0: try it again soon is that... Uh, It seemed to be running at slow speed on my poor pathetic PC some of the time. I know that means I need to replace the damn thing, but...
2: Well, also, that engine is buggy and badly optimized, so it's not necessarily your machine's fault. I will take that
0: with a grain of hope, because this machine has been very frustrating in other aspects, but maybe it wasn't its fault this time.
1: Blame it on the machine, yeah. (sighs) No, but those games, no, it isn't just you. I saw numerous comments about those that, that game being kind of poorly optimized there, so it's all good. All right, cool. Well, we're on. to take a tiny break. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Uh, those games are found relatively, I won't even do a price check because all of those games can be found very inexpensively. For Is there even a team. physical version of
0: the Telltale Borderlands?
1: Yes. they They, they always do a physical at okay. the
2: end of the run. I'm, I mean, I'll just check Amazon just to see what a pre-sequel is running at, at just to see.
0: Yeah, I got the, I got pre-sequel on Steam during, of course, one of
2: its sales, but I'm not sure. Yeah, what okay, it. so like 15 bucks for a boxed copy. I presume the Handsome Collection is probably more... So Handsome Collection is... 30 on pretty much everything which honestly is a pretty good deal you're getting a lot of game there and you can still find xbox one versions of the uh (laughs) super awesome collector's edition for 310 which means you get you know a claptrap and a loot box and postcards oh the claptrap's remote control Hmm. wonder how long the battery lasts i don't know
1: Hmm. Hmm. All right. We'll check it out. While you do that, we'll let you listen to some music from one of those games, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, we're kind of just jumping right into the final lap There are some blasts from the recent past things on here But looking at the list, it's kind of stuff that we've either been talking about Or I was just going to talk about anyways a little bit more In my, what we're kind of playing now section that we tend to do here anyways But before uh, we... I have
2: not touched Persona Q yet I've got the box, it may still have the plastic on it
1: <laughs> But you mean you didn't drop into Hyper Dimension Novar, what is it called? Hyper uh hyper devotion noir goddess black heart. I thought I thought so, that, you were, so that. One, yeah, I thought you were all over that. The
2: tactical one. Yeah, I thought you were all over that change. All the recruit recruitable characters are brand exified versions of other more successful, interesting video game franchises.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty pretty sure you were so, all over. So that there's one.
2: this point halfway through where you're like, man, I could be playing any of these more successful interesting video game franchises.
1: Well, maybe, yes, I suppose, but. Well, see, it's just nice to keep supporting Compile
0: Heart and Idea Factory because these companies clearly. I mean, they'll get it right one of these days. I mean, if only we just keep feeding the beast, right?
1: No, no, but it's a good game. Our very own Michael Apps gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Citing so a two a, by any reasonable scale, citing a quality battle system, a large cast of playable characters, and fun references in battle and story.
0: Well, I see absolutely nothing there that anyone else could possibly disagree with. Uh, a large cast—that's automatically a plus, right?
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, speaking of speaking of three point five, a little surprise for me. I see that Mr. Alex Fuller gave Dynasty Warriors Godseekers. A 3.5. Did y'all see that one? That game just came out not too long ago. Kind of snuck in on the Vita. A turn-based Dynasty Warriors game, which I haven't... I mean, of course, there's always uh, those um, Romancing. I think Romance 13 came out a while back, uh, which are, which are what, turn-based when They're on the Overland, but the combat's sort of real-time-ish, I think. But as far as grid-based, you know, real tactical RPG-feeling RPG from the guys who make Dynasty Wars Koi. The last one I remember is Dynasty Tactics 2, which I'm actually kind of very fond of. It was from the PlayStation 2 days where you could set up these huge combos. I mean, think think of, uh, you know, your Tactics Ogre or your Final Fantasy Tactics, but some of your attacks will move enemies around, and if it moves an enemy, you know, pushes them back or whatever, into the attack zone of another one of your warriors or armies, They're all they're, they, each army takes up a square, uh, their special attack would then kick in. And you could literally have this pinball effect if you planned far enough in advance. Dynasty Tactics, for, in my opinion, was, was, a, was a lot of fun for the time I put into it anyways. But, uh, but we have Dynasty Warriors God Seekers and Alex seemed to enjoy it. So I was kind of surprised. I think Mac
0: offered that to me among along with all the other reviewers, but I was busy playing some other game that I recently reviewed and didn't feel like taking on two things simultaneously.
1: He cites enjoyably paced combats, good, implement, ugh, good implementation of uh, the uh, Dynasty Warriors aspects, and nice visuals. Hmm, I watched some gameplay footage. I don't know if it looked nice, but maybe that's just YouTube. Um, maybe you it work? looks
2: great on the Vita screen.
1: Oh, there you go. Right. I suppose, yeah, when you shrink it down, some, some games do look a lot better once you kind of get them down there. He said. He uh, played
2: it on the Vita despite it coming out on everything, Sony.
1: Oh, yeah, did it? Yeah, it's on PS4. Ooh, yeah, I would not want to see that stretched across my my plasma television. That that, that yeah, I mean, I'm just the YouTube videos were not that flattering. Um, but uh, gameplay wise, you can only you know these types of games you have to really dive into to see if all the little systems underneath the hood kind of click and make for a good tactical experience. Um, and whatnot. So he says. Uh, he says it's pretty, pretty fun. So go check out a review at RPGamer.com. Your home for all kinds of RPG news and reviews. We also have a new review of a Dragon Quest Eight: A Journey of the Cursed King by some new guy named Mike Minky.
0: Yeah, I don't know who he is. Probably doesn't know what he's talking about. Nah. Some tool.
1: Yeah, he's a tool of the system. Gave it a four out of five. Whatever. It's another Dragon Quest game. That's clearly a two out of five. Lack no originality. Hello.
0: Yeah, you you can tell. There's a fellow who most recently chimed in on the on the forums, telling me that well, it it's clearly a four out of five or a five. It, well, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. I I obviously scored it wrong. So yeah. I I repent. You're, obviously, I cannot score it correctly.
1: Your opinion is wrong, my. Just to let you let you know, just take it back. It's wrong.
0: And he seems to take issue with my blurb, uh, which is interesting. That's, who has issue okay.
2: with them? Look at the first sentence he wrote. I. How can you? What? What do? You, what? Do, what does life?
1: I can't. So, so this for, is real for our listeners what who am don't. I? Who don't have the website pulled up in front of them? The blurb is: Over thirty years ago, Dragon Warrior left those RP gamers who elected to join force with the Dragon Lord in need of some serious closure. Now we finally find out how that parallel universe. Oh wait, wrong, wrong blurb. Ha! Ah! You're this looking way, at the wrong one. Okay, boys and girls, do not drink and podcast at the same time. Okay, this is the right blur. You're looking at the Dragon Quest build <laughs> <builders>. review. <laughs> well, I was I reading... released two Dragon <laughs> Quest reviews <laughs> on the same day next to each other, and I may have had a couple of beers and just you know blur. Okay, in the annals of curses inflicted over the years, being turned into a green monster without accompanying mental or physical deterioration. May not top the all-time list of infamy. King Trode steadfastly refuses to accept any suggestions that his plight is not horrendous. However, so so what is wrong with 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 that? Yeah, he's been turned into a green, kind of
0: uglier Yoda-looking fellow. Oh yeah, no!
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I don't know, but yes, if you if you check out our forums, I think one of the fun parts about our website is we have some very interesting sentiments going on our forums. Like every time we rate a Final Fantasy game under a 5.0. That's always fun. So you might want to check it out. Uh, yeah, I'm so
0: eager to play 13.2. That'll be fun.
1: He said, I give the graphics full marks. I can't think of any 3DS RP that look at it. See, now, now you've challenged me. Now I must play <laughs> this. See, there, there's so many 3DS RPGs. We could probably find one pretty quick. Maybe it's Persona Q. Maybe, maybe it is Persona. I do love myself some Persona Q. Um, but I'm trying to think as far as, yeah, visual I think the problem for me for the 3DS is, is I, I, Of course, I have, the, I have the, the 3DS XL The new 3DS XL Because when the new 3DS came out It only came in the XL variant Which normally, I don't like those Because they take a little resolution And they stretch them out But it was the only way to get the new 3D tracking Which is totally awesome um, Unfortunately, yeah, every time I play a game on there I'm like Every time I see 3D graphics, I'm like Holy cow, the Pixel they're they're just so big. So no game on a 3DS looks good to me. The Vita looks awesome. The 3DS has cool 3D effect, but there's never a 3D game you know that I'm just looking at and going wow, I'm blown away by these graphics uh, on here. I do that to the Vita all the time. But um, who cares? You know. Okay, here's the next thing. Does anyone care about graphics on 3ds? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't believe that's a <laughs> that's a major point of contention for him because at the end like, of the day, the 3ds like, I don't play if, for the graphics. As, right. If
2: it if it's discernible from uh, if one object is discernible from other objects, it, that's enough, right? Yeah, pretty did much. Did you wa- did
0: he want me to go on at length about the graphics so that I can say yes? Do not hold the camera right up to next to a tree, or you will get tons of pixels in your face.
2: Yeah. I'm looking at. I'm looking at it it's about as good as it looked on the p s two
0: well I I, kinda... I I gave it a four for visuals I didn't feel like stretching my graphic, my verbal palette to justify a five because I wasn't blown away and going, Wow this is i I can't turn the 3 d off I just have to see it in this amazing spectrum all the time I, that
2: didn't happen to me also i, I I'm not super fond of Torama's faces—like we could literally say that.
1: Now, I, I, you know, I would have to go and boot it back up again. I could be looking, you know, through some rose-colored glasses here. But honestly, I, I actually felt—and and, you know, might be the, the lens of time and stuff. But when I put on the PlayStation Two, I was like, "Wow, these are these are pretty cool graphics. It's cell shaded." on the PS2, so they age really well. It's a game that I could put into the... I I even played it a couple of years ago on the PS2, put some time into it, and I was like, yeah, these graphics hold up really well. When I got the DS uh, version I popped it in, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. You know, like, uh, uh, because it's... I guess I'm spoiled my Vita by somewhat, but I kind of felt like the DS did not wow me, you know, like the PS2 did when it first came on the PS2. Um, But it's certainly, even today, I feel like maybe the PS2 is still a little better with the whole shell no, and stuff, because of the higher no, resolution. like side
2: by, side by side you'll see you'll actually see that a lot of the backgrounds do look better on 3ds, mm-hmm. but otherwise everything's about the same.
0: And I see people. I saw people on GameFact saying that the draw distance is lower, which it probably is.
2: Well, okay, I'm not going. It, it's a Dragon Quest game. I'm going to go out on a lim- limb and say that
1: the draw distance was
2: lame, <laughs> no matter
1: what. <laughs> yeah. But Dragon Quest Heroes looks better than either what oh. version, so go play Dragon Quest Heroes if you're into graphics, because, I mean, technically anyways, Dragon Quest Heroes is a pretty game. Um, I don't think anyone
0: will argue that this is the best-looking Dragon Quest game out there. Well, well Dragon it's, Quest it's,
1: Heroes it's, is better than Dragon Quest Eight. VIII. The well, best-looking the best, the best looking mainline Dragon Quest game uh, okay. out there. All right, what about Dragon Quest Ten? Um... That would require
0: me to go onto YouTube and look at footage <laughs> of Japanese MMOs in action, so no. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not being, going
1: to do that. being difficult here does that to you. Okay, so anyways, go and check it out. We also got uh, a new active uh, topical uh, banter about Nintendo, so I think you need to go and listen to that right now. Also, if
2: you're... Yeah, you should, and or if you're really concerned about graphics. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at 4K screens from Dirt Showdown, and... <laughs> okay, if you have a 4K monitor and presumably have strapped two NVIDIA 1080s together... Nice. Uh, that, you know, play Dirt Showdown and Ruffle in its 4 k And
1: all of this conversation is and is because... You think it's because you gave it a 4 and not a 5? Uh, is that what this Jesus. is about? Obviously,
0: you know, during the proofreading, I got told... You know, it's skating around a four or a four and a half, and I'm sorry, everybody. I just didn't feel like going in there and ex- upping my language game to make it clearly a four and a half. So,
2: like, like that's the thing. Like, and that—that's an episode of active double banter coming up in the next three months or so, where we fully describe the process where you have to tell someone, or someone will hand you back notes and say look, if you want to give this a 4.5, you're going to have to add at least three more sentences of jubilant praise. And you're like, I ain't got that. Four it is.
1: That sounds familiar. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And here, and I, I'll tell you, look, I, I look, love look it's, it's rooted in
0: once upon a time we were handing out the four and a halfs and fives like candy. They're meant to be special. And the, the mere fact that I came up with far more positive language than I have for any previous Dragon Quest review obviously means nothing.
1: Well, yeah. and here's here's a question, right? And, and don't get me wrong. I love Dragon Quest games, uh, obviously. I've, I, I, my goal is to finish playing all of them, but I've already played the first, what, six in the series and halfway through number nine. But here, here's a question for you, right? Uh, Dragon Quest Eight brought a lot of new elements to the formula and stuff like that. And when it came out, ten years ago or whatever it was on the PlayStation 2 it was given you know 4.5s or other website equivalents you know uh, for most for the most part it's brought to the 3ds almost a decade later give or take it is it, and yes they've added some content yes it's cool that's portable okay but it's essentially the same you know game there's nothing revolutionary change about this is not a complete remake or anything like that so Is it really? Does it really stand the test of time to maintain a four point five or a five compared to what you can go out and play? You know these days in role playing game land. I mean, granted, that's very subjective, and our reviews at the end of the day are subjective, and people need to embrace that. But honestly, is that really when you're sitting down at home and you're looking? You've got two hours of free time this week because you're like me and you're working your ass off. Is that the first game you really are jumping on because it really is that mind-blowingly awesome? Or are you going for something like Horizon Zero Dawn? Just saying. Just just going to put that out there. It, it came out today, and
2: I'm being responsible and playing Torment instead. Or Torment instead, yes. Or Torment or something. You know, like... I, torment I, I, is I, not pretty, but it's... Great story <gasps> I hear.
1: Great story I hear. It is... It wandered in from about 2003, and it's great. <laughs> So you been you oh you're going to talk about that we get yeah. we need to do a roundtable okay so let's let's yeah, let's, we'll, just, let's just so we'll just jump into that and we'll read the we'll read the comments on the last show afterwards we're gonna break tradition yeah. here because I want to hear about Torment I've I've been very so, so reading a lot of reviews what do you have to say Scott
2: so if you if you'll jump back to a, eons past when I described uh, Planescape Torment I said that uh, it was a ga- it was a story for a game that was held back by uh, AD&D's mechanics. So they fixed that. So, so this is, once again, a strange fantasy setting where you wake up with amnesia and a story of having been a whole bunch of people in the past, and you go about talking to people and figuring that out. And uh, your, your character even has an alias of a Don again. This time, um, the, the, the the kick of it is that you have a bunch of pools to maintain. You have po- point pools for your three big stats. And that is how you score persuasion or insight into your dialogue system. So it's actually a mechanic for the whole game. Is just how can you persuade or perceive or otherwise know things uh and how you manage those points is actually the game. And I mean, you still get into fistfights with monsters once in a while, but it's it is finally making the mechanics feed into that kind of story, and it totally works. And I'm enjoying it a great deal.
1: Cool, awesome. And uh, is that is that already officially released? Yeah, I think I
2: think uh, it is properly in boxes on shelves right now.
1: And uh, if you're a friend of GOG like I am, uh, if you haven't you know jumped on the Kickstarter and got it you know through some pre-order through some other way, they are running the basic uh, version of it for forty five dollars and throwing in Lords of Zulmia, uh, which was a, a kind of a retro, stylish uh, might and magic type of a uh, game. So uh, twenty dollars value, throw it absolutely free. So uh, you can check that out. You know I'm a big fan of Gog, but uh, yeah, you know I I have been. You know, one of the reviews I read said that the graphics were eh. But you know I've watched some a lot of video of this as people are playing and playing the previews and stuff. I think that the the 2D graphics are just absolutely gorgeous. Am I wrong? What do you think? It is.
2: uh, It's got really great art backing it. Mm -hmm. Like like it has a very clear sense of style drawn from uh, Monty Cook's setting for the tabletop game, and this has. I mean. It looks fine. Like there's there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing janky. I think it's got a really good sense of style, and that the art is sort of being like, "Hey, we're gonna put that style forward, and also just have this single perspective isometric thing, and you just roll with that." Like it's not nothing's hyper detailed, um, but it's it's all really clear and really visible and really readable while
1: you're playing. Sweet. Um. Cool. Anything? Uh, anything else you're playing recently, or anything else you want to plug and share with us? Uh,
2: I I did finish uh the Deus Ex Four DLC uh, Colonel Past, where you uh, go to prison to find a guy that's undercover, and things go horribly wrong, and you do Deus Ex stuff.
1: <laughs> you're you're enjoying Deus Ex then. Uh,
2: it's, it's still fine. It's still pretty good. It's still, it, it is,
1: it's better than Invisible War, right?
2: It is Human Revolution 2 in every sense. (laughs) Which I am, I will mostly be fine with.
0: I expect to play it sometime soon.
2: Well, there's going to be, well, now that I think that that is the most recent DLC. So you're a few months out from having a nice bundle of all the stuff for, you know, 40 bucks.
0: Yeah, and I'd rather wait to get it all at once so I can I can be patient.
1: Yeah. There you go. Um okay, and definitely I will plug for you guys go check out <laughs> Mr. Uh, what's your name again? Um, Scott. Scott. Yes. <laughs> check out Scott's active to topical. To just a couple, but you know, I get the good stuff. You know, because that's kind of hard to find in Utah. Get the uh, get the uh, head up the active topical banter. You'll find it at RPGGamer.com on the left side. Of course, you can also find it on the Apple iTunes, whatever the hell it's called, store uh, and whatnot. So go and check, uh, Mr. Minky. What have you been doing?
0: You mean aside from that Dragon Quest Eight review I... and answering forum post? Actually, I haven't answered any yet. I suppose I should get on that.
2: No, yeah, let's no. see here. We, I... We've given them their due.
0: <laughs> yeah, I beat the game. I now have to decide whether I'm actually going to do anything in the post game or just say, you know, we're supposed to be doing some more ease games pretty soon, so I should probably continue with E7 instead, which I started to do. And after all, Mac was generous enough to lend me his own copy of Dragon Quest VIII because at the time I didn't have one. And, you know, I, I cranked out the review, so that's my end of the bargain. And now I have to cut, I kind of have to get it back to him because it's not mine.
2: Mac needs something to play on the toilet.
1: That's right. Absolutely.
0: He is team handheld. And I don't know, maybe maybe his Vita is just uh, somewhere else in the house sometimes. So, yeah, he will need well, it. I
2: think I think the Vita's in the bedroom and then the 3 DS is... At- 3DS moves between the living room and, and, and the bathroom.
0: I've... I am not well placed to determine Max's arrangements, but... He talks about it a
1: lot, and also when, I make a lot of fun of him. When you gotta go, make sure you take a handheld on the go.
0: You know, I had a roommate in college who started playing Castlevania Circle of the Moon on the toilet, and he, he had never before understood the value of gaining items and gaining levels but that was the game that taught it to him and it was all because he had to do something on the toilet <laughs> yep
1: just don't so accidentally th- drop your handheld in the toilet when get i've done that no, I'm just okay moving on no that is not recommended in the slightest yeah i
0: i think the nintendo handhelds would actually hold up but you probably don't ever want to touch it again and yeah except for e7 which i restarted and i'll actually have more to say that about that in the near future yeah dragon quest 8 was enough to keep me occupied for quite a while and i haven't been playing much else recently so my segment here is kind of short unless you want me to go de- in depth into dragon quest 8 and i don't know if i can because it's technically a new release again so i can't <laughs> yeah, say all the that, great that those, those,
1: those against twists. the rules the old has become new
0: I can't spoil the amazingly twisty and labyrinthine plot of a Dragon Quest game for everyone. I'm sorry. Get ye flask.
1: Evil. Um, Get of
0: the evils. I guess that means it's up to you, Phil.
1: Evil. Um. Well, making making uh, continue to make my progress in Persona Q. Um, added those uh, some of those soundtracks to my you know my my frequently listened to work playlist. Because, like Persona Music, can't understand what the hell they're saying. Yes, you but, can. You mm-hmm. looked up those lyrics. I looked, you saw we them do that. that. I know it was thing. a thing. I still don't understand what they're saying. Like, I've read them, still don't understand. Just, I can't do it. No, no, no. no. Phil, you, you understand the individual words. That's enough. That's enough. You <laughs> don't have to understand how they
0: combine into what are supposed to Thoughts be sentences. And
1: sentences?
2: Yeah, but They're no. not
1: about expressing. Thought they're expressing what you feel, I so see. burn that dread, burn that dread, burn it all, whatever it means. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of Persona, I finished Persona Arena. And I am working on Persona Arena Ultimax. Very appreciative of the fact that uh, they have streamlined the whole storytelling mechanism. Because in Persona Arena, you get the same story through different perspectives. but So there's a lot of repetition and, and main plot points and such. Um, but with Persona, you know, Ultimax is more like a branching tree. So you only have to jump in each character's perspective as it is completely different from each other. Uh, so that definitely streamlines and, and you don't get nearly the repetition. Uh, I'm, I'm 28, 30% through. And presuming that I continue this speed of getting through the story mode in Ultimax, it would definitely mean that I'm going to get through it a lot faster than Arena, which took hours you know, because of the, the repetition. And if you skip too fast through Arena, though, you might miss something good or you might make a choice that cuts you off from a little tiny bit of story that you're going to have to go back and redo real quick if you want 100%. So... Uh, I, I definitely think they learned some lessons when they brought over to Ultimax. And it's really great writing. I mean, I'm just loving the writing, the voice acting, everything you come to expect from the Persona series. And then I get my fight out of the way, done real quick, and I go on to another good chunk of story. Um, so, And it's really great when I'm exercising on the stepper rope and just sweat my ass off while getting more story. So that's pretty cool. Um, and I have gone back after our last podcast about Persona 4. Um, it has given me enough motivation to go back and fire up Golden again, reload my freaking save game from like November, because the one I had in December was already past the cutoff point to fix Marie's life. So, uh, had to fast forward past a bunch of stuff and uh, there is a fast forward button. If you're going through storyline crap again, and it's kind of like hitting the fast forward button on a VCR. It, It just moves really, really quick, but it still takes time. So some of that stuff was still pretty, pretty time consuming. So that's a a big rating, but I'm getting through it. And I'm now halfway through December um, because I'm not rushing at this time, even though everyone's like, you've got to hurry up and 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 face Adachi and whatever and stop the world be, you know, as soon as possible. I'm like, hell no, I'm building up social links, damn it. If I've got till December 31st, I'll go into the dungeon on December 31st and not a day before. So even though it completely makes no sense, but since I've read the FAQ, that's what I'm doing now. So, um, and then I'll, If you hadn't
0: read the FAQ, you wouldn't know what to do.
1: Well, that's, that's the frustrating. And there was a good comment, and this kind of feeds into our comment section, uh, for episode number 173, You Meddling Kids. Uh, there's some good back and forth. I won't go through it word for word, but I'll highly encourage you. Especially if you played Persona 4 and not Golden, or you played Golden and not 4, or you were a little confused about our discussion, our back and forth, or I kind of jumped in with my negative nilly self towards the end and go, here's some things that irritated me. There were some really good you know, back and forth there on the forums, and uh, and and brought some contrast to what some of those um, differences are between 4 and Golden, and uh, some more detail as to what some of the frustrations, at least for, for me, were, um, and whatnot, so... Good stuff. Back and forth, yeah. But I, as I mentioned towards the very end, it's like I totally get if you if, if I'm in the minority here. Obviously, a lot of people love P four Golden. I I'm just one of those weird cats that I absolutely abhor uh, reading an FAQ when playing a role playing game. It is a last resort for me, only if I've hit a brick wall. And my frustration level's high, and I still somehow don't want to break the game and want to continue playing it. Uh, so with Persona 4 Golden, it will happily allow you to make several wrong- or even lead you towards several wrong decisions and give you the- Persona 4 Golden give you the not optimal ending. A decent ending, but not really what you probably want. Because everyone's always like, yeah, you you left something undone there! Something- okay, bye! Enjoy your do. you know, enjoy your life back in the city. So, um, Anywho, but I'm the angry gamer who got pissed at Castlevania Order of Ecclesia because I couldn't find all those damn hidden people without an FAQ, and you can't get to Dra- know what? I Dracula's Castle either. without it. I'm glad. I'm glad there's somebody else who shares my misery. <laughs> I remember that. Related. I
0: There was one in particular that mm-hmm. I had to find. And you had to find everybody, and this yep. one was surprisingly hard to find.
1: I am totally cool with hidden shit like this if it's optional or something. I guess in Persona 4 Golden it is technically optional. You'll still get a ending. You'll be left scratching your head and feeling like there's this big two month hole size in your heart, but you know, you, you'll technically I guess it's not required, but um yeah, Persona well, it, 4 Golden just true. I don't know.
2: Persona 4's ending is sort of like you get the ending where it's like, "Oh, it's just that guy. He's lame." Yeah. And then you you get the the bonus ending where it's like oh it's a space flea from nowhere that's kind of a commentary about how we consume television hmm. but it's a space
1: flea from nowhere yeah I can see why that's like a and that's where I kind of felt like yeah you're right you're right because if you just take it at at yeah at the at a then you're right it's kind of like he yeah I can see where you're coming from and then but if you do it all the way that guy kind of comes out left field right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but still fun, super fun, super fun characters. super fun writing, interactions and stuff, totally worth doing. Just for me, it overcome a tiny bit. Okay, so check it out. Lots of forum comments on that one, so check it all out, including Mister Wheels and stuff. Um, forums.rpgamer.com. um, Poop. So that's what I'm doing. That's what you're doing. We talked about that. Okay, cool. So uh, let's see our next episode 175. We're not really sure what it is, right? We're we gonna do ease, or we're we trying to do Lancers?
0: Or- I'm gonna say ease for now, just because. Uh, Scott. Yeah. How, how's Sam's computer doing? Uh,
2: we, we've got it back up to. We've got it back up and spinning. There's still a couple things I got to figure out to in terms of uh, wrinkles, but I think I think Skype should be all fine and dandy.
0: But then she also has this potential medical
2: thing that keep her out for a bit right well no it, it's just minor uh, it was dental surgery it's open. okay
1: hey quick well, question that's a relief yeah quick question guys totally i, I just mentioned horizon zero dawn if you if you were buying it at a store could you buy it today or does it come out officially tomorrow or whatever uh
2: no it's today's yeah today's tuesday you can you can walk into a store and pull
1: I kind of wrote a a note to Amazon. I'm not usually too finicky about when I get stuff, but is it just me or Amazon Prime? Just really, it seems like a lot of my packages, instead of getting here in two days, are taking like a week or more. And so usually if I pre-order a game, which is very rare, um, but if I pre-order a game, it would generally be here on release day. And so I've just, I've been waiting for, where's my Horizon Zero Dawn supposed to come in today? I love Backtrack so much that I wasn't going to get a chance to play Horizon because of the podcast. But I like, to uh, like I, I pre-ordered it from Amazon, and guy knocked on my door this afternoon with it.
2: So I don't know. Yeah, this maybe, is like maybe the it's, third time. It's, it it might be your regional
1: center. Give them yeah. hell. Yeah, give them give- hell. Yeah, yeah. I just shot them off an email about something else, but gosh, it seems like they're taking three, four, five days on these. And I'm a Prime member. Dang it! And they raised our prices a few years. Where's my back? Okay. Anyways, ha. <sighs> All right. So. Um, so, anyways, 175, super cool. You, you need to write
0: a message to Jeff Bezos right now and
1: see what he'll do Yay. for you. Yay! Super cool. Uh, 175 is coming up. We'll have a new introduction. Um, Scott has raised it. Maybe He might have something, so we'll see. Uh, and yeah. that's coming up soon. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited. I'm uh, going to this... sit down with what I've got, and we'll figure it out. And, that, and that's and that got me super excited, Mike, because that really means we're just uh, one more year away from the big 200. That is true. That is insane is what that is. All right. So, but, uh, you know, if you guys are still listening to us, you also deserve a round of applause. 175 episodes. Of... Let us hope
0: that Bill Paxton was not listening to us because he will never be able to listen again. <sighs>
1: Uh, you guys deserve a round of applause as well. As I remind you that RPG Pack Check is a production of rpgamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Check it all out at rpgamer.com. We have lots of other podcasts. We mentioned before the Active Topical Banner, RPG Cast, QA Quest, all kinds of stuff, uh, very interesting and exciting forums, features, and more. So head on over to rpgamer.com. Hit us up at Facebook.com forward slash RP Gamer, Twitter.com forward slash RP Gamer. On Twitter, I'm at JC Servant, Mr. Michaels at Jume Sin, and um, Mr. Scott is at Wheels. <laughs> is, <who> is? <laughs> am I messing you with that other guy, guy again? <laughs> well that like, that's yeah. the oh, department, department, right? Fa- that's, that's right. If you have department. a complaint department, I gotta get that right. You need to you need to tweet at wheels, uh, email something ask wheels. I don't know. Look it up. Um, but Scott is at Foul Sorcerer, so um, yeah. But Mister Apps, of course, is always
0: needing material for Q and A. So give him all your complaints.
1: Yeah, all what your complaints. It? In fact, if you want to complain about Mike Mickey's 4.0 on Dragon Quest Eight, that's an excellent place to send yeah, That that's concern a great place to. For it. Yeah. Yeah. Ask Wheels at At com. least a
0: half an hour Q and A quest on that.
1: Yeah. make Make sure you leave lots of details too, like lots of bullet points of why that pisses you off, because that gives him more to work with. So he appreciates that. Um, but yes, thank you so much for uh, listening, uh, Mister Minky, Do you want to pose a sleep? I have to say that even though I haven't played it in a
0: while, I still want to finish my new game plus of the pre sequel just because it allows me to get a little more time with Tiny Tina being. Very mean to Athena.